Awesome. Well, good morning, Washington Heights Church. My name is Pastor Andrew. I am the preteen and young adult pastor here, and I'm so excited to be speaking with you all today. Today, we are continuing our series called The Seven, where we're looking at the seven letters that Jesus wanted to communicate to the seven churches in the book of Revelation. And John wrote these uh, letters down. And each one of these letters to the seven churches has a message for us as the church today. Last week, Roy started the series talking about the letter to the church of Ephesus. And the message there was that Jesus wanted the church to remember their first love and to turn away from their old ways, the sin, and to go back to Jesus. Now today we are going to be talking about the letter to the church of Smyrna. I spent all week trying to figure out how to say that. Smyrna. Everybody say it with me. Smyrna. (laughs) Okay, awesome. It's so awesome. Today we're going to be talking about the letter to the church of Smyrna. Before we get into that letter though, let me give you a little bit of brief history on this uh, city. So the ancient city of Smyrna uh, is now known as Izmir, Turkey. And Smyrna was known for its beauty and its tropical climate. It had many uh, huge trade ports, myrrh being the biggest trade, and easy access to big places like Greece and Europe. It was a poppin' place. And by the first century century BC, it was known as one of the most beautiful cities in all the world. But it wasn't all easy for Smyrna, because by 600 BCE, it was taken over, it was um, wiped out by the Persians, and it ceased to exist for about 300 years. Then, in the fourth century BC, uh, Alexander the Great refounded the city, and then by, since then, it was celebrated for its wealth, its beauty, its culture, its library, school of medicine, and its traditions. Smyrna was a great place to live, except if you were a Christian. One thing uh, that I want you to remember is that Smyrna was also a hub for the early church, for the early Christian church. Uh, It thrived there. In fact, it was one of the only cities where Christianity had an uninterrupted presence for almost 2,000 years. So Christianity was thriving there. But that doesn't mean it was easy for Christianity to thrive there, and it doesn't mean that they didn't face persecution and hard challenges. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Today we're going to talk about persecution. Woo! It's going to be awesome. Yeah, today we are talking about persecution and suffering and where we should turn when we face those things. And so I'm very excited. So today, let's kick off with our... Oh, there's that picture. So one thing I forgot to mention is that it was hard to be a Christian in Smyrna because they... uh, practiced idol worship in Smyrna. The the city was big on idol worship and worshiping and building temples for pagan gods and for the emperors. And in fact, they believed that the emperor was a god and so they worshiped him. So much so that the city decided that emperor worship was the only worship that was allowed. So all other religions were banned. So Christians were thriving there, but they kind of had to hang low and they faced immense persecution. There. Now let's get into the lesson. Um, Nope, just kidding. Wow, I'm just all over the place. We're going to do some persecution is so prevalent to today. That's why we're talking about this. Persecution is so prevalent. Christians everywhere are facing immense persecution. And so we need to figure out how we can face persecution head on, face hard times, and turn to Jesus in these hard moments So let's look at some Christian persecution stats from around the world. More than 646 million Christians live in countries where religious freedom is rejected or is not respected. 
One out of every seven Christians face a, a severe form of persecution. 27% of the world's Christians live in countries where religious freedom is attacked. And finally, a, around 11 Christians are killed every single day in the worst offending countries. Persecution is very real to Christians around the world, and it's a problem. But we need to know how to deal with it, and so that's the hope for today. And you may be sitting here and thinking, this is way too severe for Ogden, Utah. There's no way we're facing any form of persecution like this. But it's not true. People everywhere face persecution in the form of physical or verbal abuse, slander, mockery, maybe being withheld from certain job opportunities, maybe being kicked out of your own home for your faith. Persecution is real and it's happening everywhere. So let's see what Jesus wanted to convey to a church that was facing immense persecution. Now we're to the passage. Okay. And to the angel of the church in Smyrna write, the words of the first and the last who died and came to life, I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich. And the slander of those who say that they are Jews but are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested, and for 10 days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. Okay, there's a lot in there. It's only four verses, but there's a lot packed in there. So let's break it down. Let's go to the very first verse. And to the angel of the church in Smyrna write the words of the first and the last who, came, who died and came to life, Revelations 2.8. This, is, this would have already been a great encouragement to the church of Smyrna who was facing such immense persecution. Jesus, in each of these seven letters to the churches, talks and describes one characteristic about himself. In this one, we have three. So let's break it down. There's certain reminders that we have about Jesus, and the first one is that he is the first. He has been around since the beginning. He established the church. He is the cornerstone on which the church is built. He is the foundation. He also reminds us that he is the last. He is the judge and he will have the final say. He holds everyone's eternity in his hands and one day everyone will stand face to face with Jesus and be judged. Now those who follow Jesus will be welcomed with open arms to Jesus and spend eternity with him. But those, on the, on the other hand, those who persecute the church will also get to see Jesus, but they will be judged based on their acts of persecution against the church. And lastly, Jesus reminds us that he is the one who died and came back to life. Jesus faced immense persecution. He suffered greatly for you and for me, and he died at the hands of his enemies. But like we celebrated two weeks ago for Easter, he conquered that death. He overcame it. His death was the next step to his greatest victory ever, which was his resurrection for you and for me. So these three reminders would have already been encouragement to the church of Smyrna, and it's great encouragement to you and to me. No matter what we go through, we can remember that Jesus is the first. He has always been. He is the last. He always will be, and he died and came back to life for you and for me. So let's move on to the next couple of verses. I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich. Remember that. And the slander of those who say that they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. 
Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested, and for 10 days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. There's a lot in there, but basically Jesus tells us that there will be four obstacles that we will face as Christians, four forms of persecution. And the first one is tribulation or great suffering. I know that the church in Smyrna was definitely experiencing this. And because of our dedication to Christ, because we choose to follow Jesus, we might face tribulation, whether it's physical, mental, social, emotional, spiritual. Jesus never said that being a Christian would be easy. The next thing that we may face is poverty. And the church in Smyrna was definitely experiencing this. Because they were Christians, because they were kind of living in hiding with this secret religion, they were very poor. They were very poor because they weren't given the same rights and accommodations and, and um, opportunities as the other people who, who lived in Smyrna. And so they were very poor. But, like I said, to remember, Jesus tells them that although, even though this is happening, you are rich. You are rich because you have the spirit living within you, and you are rich because even though you're facing persecution now, your reward is great. The future is way worth it. What you're, what you're dealing with now is worth it because of your future with Jesus. And another thing that we face, another obstacle that we face that is very common is slander or gossip or false and damaging statements that seek to ruin our reputations. This happens everywhere. And people of Smyrna were facing this. Um, they, they were facing persecution not only from the government, but also from their fellow Jews who claimed to belong to God, but rejected Christ as Savior, rejected who he was. And these were Jews that were born Jews, but Jesus calls them a synagogue of Satan because they reject who he is and what he did. And the last obstacle that we may face that is less common right now but is still prevalent today is we may face death. As followers of Jesus, things might get so bad we might die because of our faith in Jesus. And we see this on the news. We see Christians all over the world sacrificing their life because of their faith. And maybe you have a family member or a friend who's been impacted by something like this. So does anything on this list happened to you? Have you ever faced any form of persecution because of your faith? Jesus tells us that this life and being a Christian will not be easy. And he pretty much guarantees that we will face persecution, tribulation, judgment, gossip, mockery, slander, all of these things we might face because we choose to follow Jesus. But what he tells us is it's all worth it because of what awaits us at the finish line which we're gonna talk about in a second. And I love what Jesus says specifically about tribulation to the church. He says that the devil's going to throw many things at you. The devil's going to try and steer you away as much as possible from your relationship with Jesus. He might even throw you in prison and test you, and the tribulation will last 10 days, but there's hope hidden inside of there. And it's the fact that the tribulation that you'll face is temporary. It'll only last 10 days. There's a time limit. It's capped. It's not forever. And so we as Christians and the church in Smyrna had hope because the tribulations, the suffering that they were experiencing was not forever. It was only temporary and the reward for all of it was so great. Where are we now? 
Oh, and we have this, no, that's not where we are. Can you go back? <laughs> okay, awesome, thank you. So um, many people fear persecution. Many people fear persecution and suffering and slander and all of this stuff. Fear is a big thing. Fear is a big thing that we struggle with. It's a, the basic problem in our human nature, but it's a huge problem when it comes to being faithful to God. We end up benching our, ourselves and our possibilities and our, and our opportunities out of fear. We don't live up to the potential that Jesus has for us because of the fear that we experience. Fear keeps us from trusting in Jesus and leaning into him as our protector and our savior. There we go. And fear is not always a bad thing. Fear is not always a sin, and fear is not always a demonstration of our lack of faith, but fear is always an opportunity to trust God and get to know him better. Fear is always an opportunity to lean into Jesus and say, I don't know what's happening. I'm afraid, but I trust you, and I know that you will help me through it all. And the great thing about all of this, about all the things that we'll go through and all the things that we'll suffer through is that Jesus is always with us. The ancient church in Smyrna faced immense persecution, but Jesus was always there with them. And he's always there with us as well, through the good, the bad, and the ugly. So if we don't fear, and if we endure through persecution and suffering and hardship, and we're faithful to Jesus, there's benefit. We receive the crown of life. And this, when I, when I hear the word crown of life, I tend to think of a ruler or a king's crown that's majestic and golden and has diamonds on it and it's beautiful. But when you read the Greek word for crown in this verse, you see that it was Stefano. And Stefano means a laurel wreath or a reward of some sort. So it wasn't actually that majestic, but when you think about Back in ancient times in Smyrna, that's one of the places where they'd hold the ancient Olympic Games. And the winner of these games would receive a Stefano, a laurel wreath. But coming with that Stefano was great uh, benefits. You received many benefits with the, oh, there it is. That's the crown right there. You received many benefits from receiving the crown. And those were things like freedom from taxation. All your debts are written off. You receive an invitation to the king's dining table and your name is memorialized in stone. And this is amazing. This would have given them so much encouragement because this is so beautiful. When we follow Jesus, we receive benefit. We receive the crown of life and we get some of these benefits. We receive freedom. All of our debts are written off. We receive an invitation to the king of kings table and our name is written in the book of life. It doesn't get much better than that. That is the encouragement we should need to press on, to, to face persecution and tribulation head on, knowing that Jesus loves us, that he is there with us and our future is so, so bright. The crown is worth more than any suffering that we could ever endure. And one day we will stand before Jesus and he will reward us for our endurance, for facing those things head on. So I'm wondering if any of, or I, I wonder if any of you wonder if anyone sees your pain, sees your suffering, sees the things that you're struggling with, sees the oppression that you're facing, sees the, the hard things, the difficult circumstances that you're in. Guess what? Jesus sees you. 
He sees your pain. He sees your struggle. He sees the wrongs that are done against you. And one day he will see you and he will say, well done, good and faithful child. He's waiting for you. So press on. Keep going. Fight the good fight because the reward is so great. So hold on. It gets better. Hold on. It gets better. Do not fear what's to come. Following Jesus may mean that we face persecution. It may mean that we are stuck in situations that we don't like, but our God is bigger and our God is stronger. I love what Jesus says on the Sermon on the Mount, his famous sermon. He says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is a beautiful encouragement to us that we may face hard things, we may face difficult situations, but the reward is so great. So we can rejoice in hard times, which sounds totally crazy, but we can rejoice and be glad through difficult times because it's temporary and because the outcome is so, so great. I love what James shares as well. Count it all joy, there's that word again, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking, lacking in nothing. We may face trials, we may face hardship, and we may be afraid of those things, but let, that, let those hardships be a test of your faith. Put your faith and trust in Jesus. Lean into Jesus in those hard times and watch what he does. Watch how he guides you and watch how everything will be okay. My favorite passage when I'm starting to fear, when I'm starting to face hard times or, or I'm afraid of the future, afraid of the unknowns, is Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 34. And in this, Jesus is saying, don't be anxious about anything, what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear. Don't worry about tomorrow. Worry about today. Don't worry about anything. And in that, he says, I've got you. Don't worry about those things, but instead seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these will be added to you. Do not fear. Do not be anxious about what's to come, about the knowns and the unknowns, but seek me. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and I will sustain you, is what Jesus is saying. So when we face hard times, persecution, tribulation as the church, seek the kingdom of God, seek Jesus, lean into him, and he will sustain us. So trust in Jesus in hard times and know that all of that stuff that we're facing is temporary. It doesn't last forever and that the reward is great. One of my favorite uh, things that my Oma, which is South African for grandma, always said all the time to myself and to family when we're facing hard times is, this too shall pass. Have any of you heard that phrase, this too shall pass? It's a pretty common phrase and I loved it when she would use that. Anytime we're facing a hard time, she would say, this too shall pass. And I've heard it all my life growing up. And so I wanted to look, up, look it up and see what it, where it came from. And it actually comes from Abraham Lincoln when he was uh, leading the people in the U.S. Civil War. He would use that phrase as an encouragement. This too shall pass. Don't worry. It won't last forever. Keep fighting. And I always thought that that 
phrase was biblical. Turns out it's not. There's a lot of phrases that we think are biblical that aren't, actually aren't. But uh, this, there's a verse that's similar to this too shall pass. And it's 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17 through 18. And it says, For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to things that are seen, but to things that are unseen. For things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And I love that first phrase, for, the, for this light momentary affliction. We may think that the things that we're dealing with are hard, and I don't want to discredit it. It is hard to be a Christian. It is hard to follow Jesus, and we will face hard things. But this light momentary affliction is nothing compared to the vast amount of time that we are going to spend with Jesus in all of eternity. The reward is so great. So hold on. It gets better. Persecution has always been a very real thing for Christians. And it's not easy to follow Jesus. But the reward and the benefit is so great. So hold on. It gets better. The stuff that we deal with is only temporary. And one day we will receive the crown of life. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today, and I thank you for how much you love us, that no matter where we are, no matter what we do, you love us unconditionally. You care so deeply for us. Thank you that you came down to earth, Jesus, to die on a cross for us, to take all of our sins upon yourself so that we could be forgiven of those things, so that we can experience eternal life with you when we choose to trust in you and follow you. And following you is not easy. You never said it would be. And so when we face hard things, when we face difficult circumstances or persecution or tribulation or suffering, remind us that you are always there, that you have always been the first, the last, and the one who died and came back to life for us. Jesus, we thank you that you are always with us. And we say all of this in Jesus' name, amen.